0: Hey guys! Before we get started, just want to let you know that the Cash and Clarity Workshop enrollment is open. Uh, it's a one-day seminar with me on October 18th. Go ahead and click the link in the show notes for more info.
1: Let's get rolling. Welcome to the Fitness Business University podcast. This is Tom Langton. I'm here with Vince Gabriel. Vince, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tom. How yeah. are you? I'm doing excellent. man. I'm doing excellent. What's uh, what's new in the world of Vince Gabriel? I feeling feeling
0: very relaxed. Was relaxed because I was on vacation for about eight days, and um, the highlight of my vacation was I caught a fish. Is that your first one of the year? First one of the year, yeah. And I was I went fishing with my daughter Bella, and we got up really early. We went to the store and bought the Achilles, and um, you know what Achilles are. I'm assuming it's a bait. It's a live. Achilles, like, live fish. Li- it's a live bait. So you put the hook right through their eye, through their brain, and through the other eye. It's pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, I caught a nice big
1: flounder. It great. Did see, see a big? It's like this. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you listening, because Vince forgets this is a podcast sometimes. Um, he used his hands to say that it was really bad. I, I don't yeah. know. Let me ask you this. It's That's funny. A, as a business owner, is it hard for you to be on vacation and totally shut your brain off? Oh, hell yeah. So, so, what, so what, are, what are some ways that you do or what are techniques? I think that's something that people ask a lot is like, how the hell can I go away from my business? Even if you're not here, that's one thing. But are you thinking about it the entire time you're away?
0: You know, I, I am, but it's definitely gotten much better. Um, What I do, and people have heard me talk about the freedom session, that session I do on Fridays, which is basically I sit down for an hour or two and I just unpack the week and prepare for the uh, upcoming week. But what I do before I go on vacation is I do like a a freedom session on performance-enhancing drugs. And basically I will spend most of the day kind of just getting ready. And that really helps me. Um know that everything is you know at bay when I'm gonna be gone, you know, for eight days. And it was like it's obviously different now. Uh there's more of a staff, more of a team in place now. Um, but but even the mastermind, there's there's 50 guys in the mastermind right now that I've never really left for a full uh long period of time. And so you stepped up and did the mastermind weekly call, and Hash you did a great job, and
1: so everything seemed Everything seemed good. So nothing burned down. So I guess my, my big question is: It's still you still do think about it, but you just you just try to put the right pieces in place. It's, yeah, I mean, it's no, yeah. no matter how successful you are, no matter how organized you are, it's still going to be on your mind. So yeah. there's not like a way
0: to just let it go. I don't know if like anyone has that down. That's an entrepreneur. That's really so. It, it's it definitely can get better, um, and I do my best to not. But I'm definitely not. I'm definitely able to be much more engaged with my kids uh, than I used to be. So it's, I, I believe it's a skill. It's a good learned skill um, that is going to be uh, really important for every business owner to know, depending if they have a family or not. And even if you don't, like it's kind of important that you're not like always on, right? right. It's a, Cause then you, you become a less interesting person, right? Less interesting to your family or something. To everybody. Right. I mean, if the only thing you can talk about is your work like how interesting of a person, like you're the one of the most interesting people I know. Like you can have a conversation about anything and uh, it's interesting and fun to talk to you. And it would probably be less interesting and fun if the only conversations we ever had were about work. Right. Right. So I think it's, I think it's an important thing, but it's definitely a learned skill to be able to shut it off on vacation. And And, and here's the thing too. It's like, it's not always like this but usually the more you have things dialed in the better your systems are the better your team is clicking the better your financials are it's a little easier. Right. Right? As exactly. opposed to
1: you leaving and everything's already in survival mode when you're gone. So. No. That No, that's that's a, that's a great answer. I think I think it's good for people to hear that when you say you're going away. I think people are, are afraid to step away and but the topic, of the, today's topic, is not about going on vacation. But that was just that was good information. But today's topic is about breaking through ceilings, all right? and, I, and it's funny because a lot of times we have these conversations with gym owners, and it's almost like the same conversation they might be having with their clients, right? So what's a conversation a lot of people have with clients in fat loss? One of them is they want a lot of success really, really early on, and they get frustrated if they don't see great results in the first month or two, right? I feel like with gym owners. We have that conversation a lot. It's like, well, it's not working for me, and they want, they want to rush the process of building a business, right? That's a conversation we all have with clients. Um, another one is plateauing. You know, we all have a conversation with clients. It's like, it's the same thing's not working anymore. You know, I'm lifting weights twice a week, and I'm eating a little bit better, and I have stopped losing weight. Like, how do I get through that? And the way you get through it is whatever techniques you use, and it's the same thing. So that's kind of the idea of today's Today's topic is hitting the ceiling. So dive into what you mean from a business standpoint. Yeah, I mean, and you teed it up really nicely in that
0: um, all of us in the fitness industry have a lot of experience in this because it's stuff that we see every day. I like to agree. Do you use the term fat loss? You know, um, for client success. But if we really look at like plateaus, it's like you think of like lifting weights and like bench pressing. And all of a sudden you're bench pressing and 225, you can blow it off your chest. And you put two, two and a half pound plates on each side. That's the weight of the world. And And all of a sudden it just gets pinned on your chest every time. And it's literally only five pounds more. And no matter how many times you try, right, you just can't get 230. You can't get 230. And I think that, that that's the typical thing that happens in businesses. And most of you listening to this that have experience with weight training would probably be able to tell me how to break through that plateau of not being able to bench 230. You would probably tell me that, all right, well, we're going to take a couple of weeks off and we're going to not bench press and we're going to just do like dumbbell work or we're going to start using bands and chains or I'm not in the whole game as much anymore but you know or we're going to now do instead of sets of five we're going to do triples or singles and whatever there would be a different strategy that you would have to come up with to be able to break through that plateau well the same thing is in business and if we use stick on that same example of benching of the 225 it's like you know every lifter in the planet, right, has hit a plateau, right? There's no, there's no lifter that just increases their weights for every month that they've lifted every time, right? There'd be someone benching infinity. It's not, it's just not possible, right? And so everyone that lifts weights has hit that plateau. Everyone, everyone in business hits that same plateau. Everyone. And it's, I think one of the biggest problems is the comparison factor in this. What do you mean by comparison? So gyms will experience a plateau and then they will look at the guy down the street and see that he's killing it. And he will wonder, what the hell is wrong with me? What the hell am I doing wrong? How does that guy have that? How do I have this? It happens in my mastermind. Where I know guys are, I know guys are struggling, and I know guys are struggling, and we do a, a weekly check-in. And on the weekly check-in, we do two things. What went right? Where do you need support moving forward? And some guy on his what went rank goes, oh, we signed up 10 new clients. We go blah, 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 And, that, and their paragraph for what went right is like, you know, it, it's like, you know, 100 words. And then their what, what went, uh, where do they need support? It's like, nothing. I'm doing great. Right? And another guy sees that, and he didn't have that kind of week. Right. And he sees that and he's like, well, what the heck's going on? Like, what is he doing? Like, we're all learning the same stuff. And it's like, I think everyone's got to realize is that every business multiple times, right? And, and go back to the lifting example. Does, does a lifter only hit one plateau in their lifting career? No way. They hit tons of them, right? And the same thing will happen on your trajectory in business. So I think the first thing, that point I want to make is is that every business will go through a plateau. It's it's pretty much
1: science, right? It's ask, pretty much science. But before you dive into that, let me ask this. How do I know, if I'm a business owner listening to this, how do I know that I hit a plateau? Because I think, you, know, you had a post on on social media the other day, and it was about like, someone having a bad day and thinking their business is closed because... You had a bad night's sleep. You wake up. You know you had a client email you that they don't want to, that they want to terminate the contract, or whatever. And it's like, oh my god, it's all the world's falling apart. So how do, how do you tell the difference between a bad day or a bad week, even, and that you have to make massive changes? Because I think sometimes people have a bad week and they want to change the programming and fire everybody and change their entire business. So, yep. So what are the telltale signs that I've hit a plateau with my business? So
0: there, well, I'll go through the three different ways that can actually happen. Okay. Okay. And this is this is straight from my work with. Entrepreneurial operating system, and our consultant Mark Redmond has been very instrumental in you know helping us with this. But basically, companies hit a a ceiling, or, or I, I call it a plateau. Just be, I like the word plateau, just because it's so um, uh, relevant to our business, right. right? But there's organizational, there's departmental, and there's individual plateaus. Right? All right, so what right. Right? So it's not just. Revenue. I'm not just saying that you did, you know, 200 grand last year and now you're going to do 200 grand this year. Okay, so that is one plateau, right, that you can hit where you're actually stalemating. But there's all different ways that this can actually come across. And actually what I want to do is I want to use some
1: examples of when we have actually hit plateaus. Okay, so, so mean, well, what give me give me the first example from from Fitness? What's, so, what's the first one? So back? the first
0: one was we went through, and I've talked about this many times, but we went through this identity crisis in that half of our business was sports performance, half of our business was adults. We didn't know which one we should be marketing. We were trying to market both at the same time. We didn't know to market to the kids or the parents. It was just we were just very, very confused. And because of that confusion, we hit a plateau as a business, all right? And we had to do something different, right? I think that's the big thing to break through a plateau. You have to do something different to be able to break through. And I do, I do want to say this. Um, now, does everyone, Tom, that hits a plateau in lifting, does everyone actually ever break through it? No, no. And the same thing happens in business. So there's three things that can happen when you hit a plateau. Okay. The first thing that happens is you can't recover from the plateau and you fail. So you just quit or you close you just your business. Quit, you close the business. You run out of money. Um, and the reality is, and I said this to my mastermind guys the other day, um, I, I asked them how many of them were in business. Uh, how many have been in business more than a year? And they all raised their hand and I was like, okay, congratulations. You're all in the minority. I don't think we realize how many people actually really fail in business. Like it's so common. um, But we're around people that squeak it out. So the second part, the second thing that can happen is you stay in that plateau. Right. You stay the same and you just run this stalemate style of business and you just kind of
1: hack out a living. And I think it's worse than failing. I feel like we've talked, we talked to a lot of people out there that, that are in this place where they've had a business for six or seven years. So like, like you said, they're in the minority, but they're just so frustrated, so burnt out and like, like just treading water with just their mouth sticking out or something like that. Like it's
0: pretty common, right? Yeah. And it's like it's almost it's, – it's, it's, I think it is worse than actually failing. Why? Because if you fail, you can go and do something different. Right? If you fail, you can go and get into another business you can go start something new you can create and maybe that the gym wasn't your thing right It just wasn't your thing but at least you now have that opportunity versus just trying to hold on and the problem is a lot of some people aren't in that uh, uh, they don't have that uh, uh, ability to, to, to quit right They have to have it they have a family they're, they're paying for kids and stuff like that so they may and that's the t- that's being in a tough spot. Right, that's being in a tough spot. And and it's like if you think about the statistics, Tom, of how many businesses fail, right? It's a lot. But there's really no statistics on how many businesses tread water for years.
1: Yeah, how could you measure you can't really measure that, right? No. Without getting into someone's books right, or right. so But think about that. No,
0: no I'm sure. Think about the the amount of businesses that fail and the amount of businesses that succeed. And then in the middle is the amount of businesses that tread water for years and years and years and years. That's probably the majority yeah. of businesses. Are uh, oh, for sure. Right. And, this is, and this is just not
1: specific small business, to gyms. Like small businesses. Yeah, like this is not
0: specific know. to gyms. But like I look at like there's like a barber shop yeah. in our town. And it's like I see the guy was there when I was getting my haircut when I was eight years old. And he was sitting there and he, he smokes a cigarette and, goes and cuts a hair. Smokes a cigarette, goes in and cuts the hair. And he's been doing the same
1: thing for 35 years. I have a convenience store in my neighborhood. And there's two brothers that own it. I mean, hardworking guys. And one of them works from 5 a.m. till 3 p.m., I think. The other guy comes in at 3 and works until 9.30. Every day, seven days a week. They don't trust anybody else to work to register they're behind the counter, they they're there, they never close, they close like twice a year. They're open on Easter, they're open on Christmas. Nicest guys you'll ever meet, but like they are chained to that store. Yeah. And it's like I see them and I'm like, damn. Yeah. Like, I don't be a business owner if that's what it looks like. You yeah. know? Like no, nice. and
0: and that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you're in that situation, you're almost better off getting a job because here's the thing: the the fruit of the business owner, and you bust my chops for this, but that is the benefit of having – there is a level of stress that um, – and, and I think you know this, but there's a level of stress that, that I deal with that you do not have to deal with. right? And with that balance becomes I have freedom, right? I have more freedom, but that stress of owning the business and having the risk of a lease and having the risk of having multiple people is always with you. Now, the problem is – Here's the problem, that stress and that heaviness is balanced by the freedom, right? So it's better because I ha- I, I, it's a, it's heavy, but I have freedom. But a lot of people have the heavy part. And no freedom. And no freedom. Right. Yeah. And that is really when you should go get a job because you're really just in the same situation, except you just have double the amount of stress. Right. So, and that's not to say you can't break through at one point in your career, but that is um, really what happened. So we, we've gone off on a big no, tangent
1: okay. here. So we hit a plateau, we hit that ceiling. You can, you can fail, you can close your business. You can, like, right. like I said, we can tread water you can for, tread water for years and just not go anywhere. Like you said, be chained to your business. Yep. And the third option is? Is you break through the ceiling.
0: Okay. You break through the plateau. You, you, you get the bands and chains. You start doing heavy singles. You start doing 10 sets of two. Right. You you start doing things. You create a different way of doing things and a different strategy
1: that allows you to break through. We might have to go back and edit out the part when you were talking about getting your bench from 225 to 230. Because all the lifters out there that are listening may have turned us right. off. We're I'm, talking, I'm over that. <laughs> we're talking about. All right, I'm so let's, let's, let's get
0: to... Uh, Let's, I used to care, but let's, I certainly don't care anymore. Okay, so you. If but anyone wants to
1: judge me on my bench press? Uh, yeah, you, we were talking about examples from Gabriel Fitness. So, what are examples of us hitting plateaus at Gabriel Fitness? What have we hit the ceiling? So, you know, we talked about it. We really haven't talked about what the hell a plateau is or what it is. So give me an example of when we did it. So, so, uh, so I, I started hitting out before, but we
0: were going through that that process of. Um, when we had that identity crisis, right. right, it was the identity crisis of the athletes versus the adults. And we, we felt it as an organization, uh, we felt it in many ways, right? It's not, so it's like, remember I say you can feel the plateau in multiple ways, um, through financials, you can through, feel it through just heaviness in the team culture, because there's a lot of times where a business can be succeeding financially and just have an awful culture and that can cause them to hit a ceiling and eventually that will affect you know, the financials. But so we had that, that period of time. Where we were just like, we, like, we had no focus. We we're kind of like a ship without a rudder, rudder. And, um, we said, okay, the big thing we need to change is our, our, our who are we going to serve? Like who, who is the core group we're going to serve? That doesn't mean we have to stop training athletes. That just means that, you know, 95 to, 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 to 98% of our resources, our effort, our, our focus is going to go towards training adults over 40. And when we made that decision, And when our programming started to shift, when our marketing started to shift, when we improved our sales process for that, um, when we stopped spending as much time, you know, going after athletes, um, that is when we made that shift. And we, you know, essentially doubled our business from, I believe it was like 150 to close to 300 um, adults. Um, So that was a kind of a big shift in our business. And that's one of the
1: things that we did. To be able to break through, and, and there was, and then you, like you said, there were multiple factors that allowed you to put your finger on the plateau. Right, it wasn't just one number or one thing that you saw. Like over time, there was a feeling, there was a revenue. Like, how did you pinpoint that? Yeah, like, listen, there was. About that's a good question. There
0: was also this period of, in this specific case, I I was the one doing a lot of the athlete marketing, and the athlete marketing um, showed up in relationships and uh joint ventures and going out and running demos there was a lot of human energy required to grow the athlete program and we did it well and we did it really really quickly but um that was around the time that i was had my you know kids and my life was starting to change and i didn't have wasn't able to keep up the pace Right. So we started to feel it as an organization, but I also started to feel it personally. Like, I just don't have it anymore. And the way, it, because with athletes, there's this constant need to reload. Seasons are over. Kids yeah, graduate. I always say it's a statistic. You lose 25% every year. 25% of clients every year. You graduate high school. Yeah. Right. And so it, that's, the, that's the best case scenario. Right, So there's this constant new generation that you have to always refuel, and that, that can be stressful and that can be draining, especially when you're relying on that. And so we found that a shift to the adult market, one, um, this was back when Facebook was a much better lead source. One, we could, just, we could throw ads on Facebook, generate leads from there, not have to go out and do all this stuff. Now, we still do stuff, right? We still go out in the community and we still do stuff. It's just... Not the only thing um, that we
1: do. It's so, I, th- I think the scalability is what people struggle with. Cause right. Like how many? Re- the only way if you're doing all relationship marketing, which is important that you do right. it, but the only way you grow that is to do more, have more relationships. Yeah. Unless you have a sales team or people out doing that. Yeah. If it's just you, that's that's tough.
0: No, and and again, I've said this before. Like I think for a small community business, relationship marketing is massive, but. If it's the only thing that you're doing, it, it, it can get taxing uh, to you. If you have an endless amount of energy and an endless amount of time, you know I have three kids that you know I want to um, be home uh, and be able to see them. Right. You know, so I don't have the effort, I don't have the energy to do what I used to do because of that, right? And and you know, there are certain things that the owner will always have like power over. Like when you're the owner and you're sitting down at the consult, you'll probably always be able to sell better just because of your title.
1: It's an authority. Right? Thing. It's another.
0: It's, it's it's authority is one of the, the strongest. Um, you know, uh, social uh, is one of the strongest uh, persuaders uh, and influence. It's like if you look at read Cialdini's book, uh, he, he lists authority as one of the top things that persuade people. 100%. So that's a big one. Yeah. All right. So, how would you would you would classify that as an organizational plateau? Then that would be when you. Yeah, I would say that that would probably be considered an organizational plateau, uh, just because it was like um, a. It, it, it was like a, it was a foundational thing, you know, for the business. Okay. So yeah, ab- absolutely.
1: All right, so give me another, another example. That, that's the first one. We had so to-
0: so one of them, and this would be actually what it would be called a more of a departmental, okay, um, which I talked about, which is like a specific area of your business, um, was our was our programming the way we used to program design. Right, And so we used to have individualized programs, and we used to pay trainers to write each program, and it lasted us good for a while. But then we got to a certain amount of clients where it just got to be not manageable anymore.
1: So when you're saying departmental, like our marketing got better, so our client flow blew up, our sales process got better, so more people were coming to the door, and then the system the programming system busted up the seams. Exactly. So we didn't scale everything at the at the same pace. Right. Gotcha. And, and and so like and it wasn't even
0: just you know the amount of programs we had to write, but then it was all of a sudden we would look at the facility, look at the gym going on, and everyone in their own programs, so they're kind of wandering all around the gym, right. And you got someone setting up a deadlift bar over there. And then they go over there and they got like, you know, they're doing one-arm dumbbell rolls on a bench. And then they're going over and they're doing, you know, some type of a band pull down. And they're using three pieces of equipment. And you got 10 people in the thing. And everyone's using 40 different things. And it just, it became like a nightmare. And one of the, I walked through the gym one day and I'm just looking at this. And there was like 10 people training. And it looked like it was 45. Right. I'm and doing. I'm just like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is just not working. Yeah. This is not working. And you had trainers wandering the sessions, and you never really knew how many times someone was getting coached, right? You, we had times people tell us that they went through a period of their program and it was their first uh, month with us. So they didn't really know the ropes. And you're like, we asked them like how their coach was, and they're like, well, I didn't have a coach. Yeah. They didn't and they're have like, a- what? Like no, I didn't have a coach. I just came in. I did my thing, and you know, once in a while, someone would tell me something. But and we we're like, what? Like no, you're supposed to have a coach. There's supposed to be someone like watching you, like every step. And we were like, holy shit! It was like a it was like a paradigm shift. Like, like wow, we can't keep doing this. Right. Like we now only are. It was risky because there was crap everywhere, so it was like a liability with more risk because our facility was a little smaller then, but it's like we have people coming and trying our gym and not signing up. Cause they didn't feel they had a trainer and we're marketing ourselves as a personal training gym. Yeah. So we had to make a shift. We had to make a change. And one of the things we did was, you know, we went to a templated program We went to a pod system. We went to, you know, having one trainer work with four people in a very specific area. So they got multiple touch points and multiple times that they'll get coached. And, you know, it's been uh, it's been a really you know good shift. So it's um, but it was this hitting of the ceiling and going through this challenging times and seeing things that you know were making me a little
1: nauseous uh, to be able to have to you know make some shifts. Yeah, I think the departmental one is interesting because a lot of gym owners, if you talk about if you're a solopreneur. If you're marketing and sales, it's really good and you start, you might not be able to handle the flow of clients that are coming in the door. So you almost want to like look across the board and say like, how many people can your program handle right now? Like how many people, you only have one trainer if you're by yourself. Because, I mean, that happened to us too. If you go back even like 10 years when it was just the two of us and we started growing and growing and growing. And it got to the point where we were like, I think we hit a ceiling from an energy standpoint. Because we couldn't train any more hours, we couldn't fit any more people in the gym. We had to hire somebody. Yeah, we didn't even have time that we didn't even have time to do interviews because oh, we, we were training so much. So I think those, like, are the, those are the days. Yeah, but 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 it's like it's funny because I was thinking that you had you know with Popeye's chicken. Not Popeye's chicken uh, had this like the, the the best chicken sandwich. You know, like chicken Chick Fil A has that yeah. chicken sandwich. Popeye's some, somehow it went viral on social media that this is the best chicken sandwich ever. This new Popeye's chicken sandwich. And they ran out. They had a chance to make probably billions of dollars, and they didn't have the inventory. So none of the restaurants have enough chicken sandwiches. The demand is so high, but it's like there you go. to hit. That the marketing couldn't keep up with, or the the, 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 the demand. Chicken coma, yeah. Right? And and they're, they're probably losing billions of dollars. Wow! Now because they don't have enough chicken sandwiches. I gotta get a check. One. I gotta get <laughs> one. But, but, you, you, you can, but you can't. But that it just reminds me you can't. You can't even get one. But it's like there, somehow this marketing campaign blew up. And they couldn't fill it. All right. So one more. Let's do, let's do one. Let's do one more example of of a, of a plateau that GFB has hit. Yeah, and so this
0: is a a pretty fresh one. You know, we've actually uh, had some challenges lately. And again, I'm openly will talk about this because you know we are still running a real business. And, and for, for you guys listening, like um, we we have a really great business. We have great people. It's a successful business. Um, but that doesn't mean we don't have problems. I, and I feel like sometimes people have that view that we are like this bulletproof business that's perfect, and it's like it could be further uh, from the truth. And we've lasted over you know eleven years, and not just lasted, but we've succeeded for eleven years because when we have had challenges, you know, we we we've dealt with the challenges and we've broken through the plateau. Similar to what. Um, we've had here. Um, so we actually had a period recently of some turnover and I think we've talked about, um, but we had a period of in, in, you know, four months, we had two, two long time trainers leave. Um, and it was like a little bit of a shock to the system. It was a shock to us as a team. It was a shock to the clients and it kind of like to the boat uh, a, a little bit. So we saw that and we're like, okay, you know, what is, what's going on here You know, why is this actually, you know, happening? And so that kind of led into, well, we need a little bit of a restructuring of the company. We need to like move people into different positions and we moved this person here and we hired some new people here and we kind of restructured the squad and restructured the team to kind of give it some strength and stability because it got knocked down um, a little bit. So we hit a ceiling from a cultural perspective for really probably the first time ever, Um, with that, and again, like like I said, I'm, I'm an honest, open person, and there's nothing I'm trying to hide, and nothing I'm trying to share. But you know, there has there 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 are challenges. But again, it's not that you're not going to have challenges; it's how you're going to respond uh, to them. So a lot of it, you know, and I will say this: you know, some of you guys that are kind of early on and you're struggling with marketing, and you're struggling to um, you know to get enough leads. I will tell you this: um, the biggest challenge you will have as you grow is, is with your squad and making sure that, and we've had a great squad for years, but you know, making sure that people are in the right seats, that they're doing the right jobs and the right work, that they're, that they're happy. Um, so it's, it's, uh, those are the, usually the big challenges, um, that come. It's more of when you'll find yourself more successful in business when you start talking more about your problems with staff and your problems with hiring than you are with problems with getting clients, right? Because when you promise, when your problems are just getting clients, that means, you know, you're on the lower level and you just haven't figured out that part of the business yet. Your higher level businesses are, you know, what do you do with your time when you have a lot of time and how do you not sit there in your office and feel worthless and how do you actually start elevating people in your business to start doing higher level work and being more productive? And those are the problems that you'll find yourself, you know, having. So it's not that when you get to a certain level of success that you don't have a problem. It's you just just different ones.
1: Right. I think, I think having the awareness of, of knowing that you're going to hit these, that every, like you said in the beginning, every single business is going to hit this ceiling. It's a, it's a good sign. It means you're growing. But so... What else? What else do we want to talk, Sean?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I want to kind of start to um, really talk about a couple things. We don't. um, One of the one of the things that I I think that a lot of this comes back to because these are a lot of um, independently run businesses. You know, buy a gym owner, buy a business owner, and I think one of the big things that happens is that. Gym owners, they put it all on their own shoulders, okay? So everything really comes down to them. So most of the problems that I can pinpoint in a business probably are caused by the owner, probably are caused by something going on in the owner's life that – um trickle down to the business.
1: Really? Per- like, yeah, sure you seriously, personal?
0: Yeah. So, and, and so, the big thing is with breaking through the ceiling is that a lot of times, and I've said this many times, is that the best years of business are when I have the best years of marriage. And so, my advice in in breaking through ceilings or, hit, or breaking through plateaus, a lot of times it's going to start from within. A lot of times, it's going to start from, and this is going to sting a couple of people. Okay, um, a lot of times it comes from looking in the mirror. It's going to come by realizing it's probably your fault, right? And that's not an easy thing. And you will have a much better business. And I'm speaking to all of you gym owners right now. Um, you'll have a much better business. When you take full responsibility of the success and the failure of your
1: company, do you, do you is it is it common because you probably get a lot of phone calls from people that are that are hit that are hit these ceilings or close to closing the doors, right? Is it common for those guys to point the finger and say, "Oh it's my staff, it's my trainers think that the market I'm in stinks," whatever it is? It's, it's usually not. At the end of the day,
0: it all comes back to you. Right. At the end of the day, because if you have a marketing problem and you have someone running your marketing, well, who hired that person? It's a leadership issue. It's always right. a leadership issue. It's always a, a it, it's got, the buck's got to come back to somebody, right? It's got to come back to somebody. So, So I think that, and I'm not going to get into the whole process of, because there's a lot of ways of breaking through the ceiling in terms of simplifying your business, in terms of systematizing it better, in terms of delegating. But I'm going to say that the number one thing that I think people need to address when they're stuck is being able to look in the mirror and realizing it's probably their fault. And that is the start of healing. That is the start of taking responsibility and not putting blame on your staff for being lazy. And not putting blame that your front desk person doesn't know how how to answer the phone. And not putting blame on the Facebook ad guy getting me shitty leads. And taking the bull by the horns and realizing, hey, if this is to be, it is up to me. And so that, I think, that attitude and that mindset, and this is probably not what a lot of people want to hear, but it's what they need to hear, is that... It, it, at the end of the day um the business lives and dies by the owner and um, i have dealt with this on both sides i've dealt with this on on, on both sides and i have i've had times where i've i've blamed others and i have times where i you know that and I have other times where i've like realized that hey i am the freaking problem here And the faster I can realize that I am the problem, the faster we break through, right? There's no success that's going to come from blaming. There's no success that comes from pointing the finger, right? At the end of the day, and and we'll be open and honest, is, you know, with you. You know, we had you put into what's called the integrator role, right? And that's the one that kind of runs the business. And that was not that was not the right role for you. And we both agreed on that. And that is the only person's fault that is, is mine. Because at the end of the day, I decided to put you there. And now it's in a much better position where we have you in a different spot. And now we're going to have the best podcast in the fitness industry. That's right. Focus on that. Um, but now we found the right, you have to find the right. But at the end of the day, if you really want to break through the ceiling, Um, You have to look in the mirror and realize that, hey, this is probably something that you're going to have to get through um, from a personal level first uh, before the business starts to get fixed. Tom Plummer used to say to me, one of my mentors, he's like, like, I can fix any business. He's like, it's the owner that's the problem. Right. (laughs) He used to say that to me. Um, and I just, you know, I get it now. I get it that, um, is that so, and, and, and that's really, that's really it. That's really what I wanted to kind of share today is really, if I could sum this up and realize that every business is going to hit the ceiling, right. Um, in certain levels, in certain ways, in certain departments and things like that. Um, and the ultimate way to break through is to take full responsibility Right of, of that situation and don't blame anybody else and don't put it on anyone else's back and take it on yourself and and take ownership and, and go out and, and fix the problem but everyone has the, everyone here has the ability um, you know to, to break through you, you have three at the end of the day you got three choices right you got three choices you can you can break through the ceiling okay you can break through the plateau you can stay where you are, which I said is the worst thing to do. Or, or, or you can opt to go do something else and that's not that's not the worst thing in the world either right there's a lot of really successful entrepreneurs that failed in one business and started another one and did, did great so if you need to pack it in you know I'm not hope that that's not the case for you and it puts your family in a bad situation but the reality is sometimes that is the right thing right there are there are times where I get on the phone with people and I'm just like yeah probably need to pack it in you've, you've told people that yeah Absolutely. Multiple times. Yeah. Probably not the right thing for you. You just tell by the company. I can tell. I can just tell. Especially, you know where I can see it most How In partnerships. Really? When I see people get into really partnerships and they you got like, there's three owners of the business and they're doing 200,000 in revenue and all three of them have three kids they got to feed. And it's just like, right, what are you doing? this is like, come on, here. So that is where I see it a lot is, is partnerships. And I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't have a partnership and I'm saying all partnerships are bad, but when there's a lot of drama in a business and there's a lot of plateaus that are hit and there's multiple owners, because at the, at the end of the day, you know, these, these businesses, you know, even if you're doing seven figures and a million dollars, but there's three people that need to, that's now not a million dollar business. It's a $300,000 business. Right. Because it's split three weight. Gotcha. So, um, if, if someone has hit, if someone has hit a plateau, can you help them? Yeah. I mean, that's like, if you read my Instagram, that's what I do. That's like what I have. So I, I pretty much think about it like this is most, so I am a personal trainer that became a business owner that became a consultant. It's the same strategy. Most, most, most people just become a consultant and have, so I, so I have walked the path of everyone listening to this. So I get it. And that's why I can help people easier. And that's why I think we have the fastest, one of the fastest growing masterminds in the fitness industry. But the reality is, is that, um, I just lost my train of thought there. Well, yeah. So, so on my Instagram, you say, Oh, I help businesses. Uh, I help personal trainers turn business owners, um, become better business owners. Like that is the skill that I teach. I want to teach you how to become a better business owner. And the reality is me teaching you how to break through plateaus is developing your entrepreneurial business owner muscle and helping you become a better business owner. So absolutely, that's what I do every day is I get on the phone with my clients and I help them solve problems and solve you know, and there's a lot of things that they come to me and I can say, Well, seen this before, oh, seen that before, oh, heard this before, heard that before. Um, so it's yeah, that is I spend most of my day helping gym owners break through business plateaus. And if someone listening to this wanted some help with that, what's the
1: best way you hold it? Yeah,
0: just go ahead and you know, there's a uh well we'll put a link to the, well, I do want to like put a link to the one-day seminar. We really, have that one-day seminar coming up. Okay, uh, October 18th. That's probably be the best place to start is my one-day seminar on October 18th. Uh, it's a one-day. It's called the Cash and Clarity Workshop. Okay, And it's the morning we're going to get clarity and create a one-year plan and a vision and really just get crystal clear on the, the data and the numbers side of your business and then the afternoon is spent building the marketing plan that's going to help you get it. Where's that? So yeah. that'll be at G- it's actually at, I'm debating on it. It'll be in New Jersey, so they fly into New York Airport. Um, it'll be in New Jersey on October 18th. One day, it's a one-day seminar, a full day, and um, so I'm super excited. It's the first time I've done this. It's a workshop-style seminar, so it's more like um, their last mentorships that we've done would have been more of like you know teaching and stuff like that. This is workshop, so. We're going to teach a little bit, but it's going to be from, like, there's not going to be much PowerPoint or anything like That's going to be from a notebook, and everyone's going to get, like, that notebook, and then I'll teach, and then you'll we'll implement. I'll teach, and then you implement. So people will be able to walk out, and I envision this architect – rolling up the blueprint under his arm and walking out of the, the office and then going to the job site and building the house. So that's like what I envisioned for this seminar workshop is you, you know, b- building the plan, rolling that plan up under your, under your arm and carrying it with you on the plane and taking it home and going home and taking action on it. So I'm really excited about it. It's all new stuff. Uh, a lot of the things I've never taught before. So um, it's going to be a uh, really, real exciting uh, day. We have a few spots left, so only, only three spots. We're taking – on it's going to be small, small. How many people? 12, 12 businesses. So I'll have 12 businesses in the room and, um, you know, really, really excited about it. So that's probably a great place to start is to do that. if, I'll put, if I'll put the link for that. And there actually is – put the link for that. And actually, the only way to sign up for that is to get on the phone with me. So it's perfect. So that you can't even sign up for the seminar. you got to chat with me first to make sure it's the right Uh, fit for them. So the link uh, that we'll put in there has a link to schedule a call with me. That's great. So just
1: check the show notes, click the link. Anything else? Nope. Good job today, Tom. You too, Mr. Gabriel. Have a great day, guys. Thanks for listening. See you. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Do me a favor and click subscribe. And if you can, leave a review. Whatever you think about us, let us know. We want to make this show better. But by by subscribing to the podcast, you get updated every time a new show comes out. And by leaving a review, you help us make this show better. Thanks a lot. Have a great day.